Welcome to Ebenezer's Podcast, a podcast about hearing, understanding, and applying the Word of God to our lives. My name is Leighton Erickson, and I'm Ebenezer's Lead Pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Please check out our website at ebenezerbaptist.ca to connect with us and learn more about our ministries. I hope you enjoy the message. And I just, just as they're going, I just want to welcome you today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for those that are watching online this morning as well. And a special welcome to our guests that are here. And I know that we have a lot of guests that are here for the baptism, so a special welcome to you here. Now, over the last five weeks, we as a church have embarked on a journey together to learn how to recognize and to hear God's voice in our life. Now, for some, this has been a totally new idea. The thought has never even crossed your mind that the God of the Bible would speak to you or anyone in a personal way today. Now, hopefully this series has opened your eyes and maybe opened your mind and, of course, your ears to a God who speaks, and you're now at a place where you're ready to listen to see what he has to say. For some, uh, this has been a stretching concept. Your upbringing and your teaching has led you to believe that the God, God does not speak to people today except apart from the Bible. And as I shared with you, that was actually my upbringing. And so my hope and my prayer is that this uh, series has challenged your theology and helped you recognize God's voice in your life in the past and given you a desire to be more attentive to his voice today and in the future. And for some of you, this series has just been a good review. And by that I mean you grew up in an environment where hearing God's voice was commonplace. And so the idea of God speaking to you is not revolutionary. In fact, you have heard God's voice often in your life. However, what God might be calling you to is a new uh, maturity and a new level of discernment as you seek to, to hear and to understand God's voice. And now for the sake of those that are new here today, let me give you a, a quick summary of where we've gone over the last five weeks so we can all be on the same page. Uh, in week one, we addressed the question, does God still speak today? And our conclusion was absolutely, beyond the shadow of a doubt, God speaks to his people today. In week two, we answered the question, why do we need to hear God's voice? And we said that, that actually hearing God's voice is foundational to our faith and it's foundational to all those who truly want to follow Jesus Christ. You know, for example, we said that we need to hear God's voice so that we can fully understand the Bible. And we need to hear God's voice so that we can fully obey Him and serve Him. And we need to hear God's voice so that we can truly know Him and His love for us. And we need to know God's voice so that we can truly live, which is what the Bible says. In week three, we began to answer the question, how? How does God actually speak to us? And we learned that the primary way that God speaks to us is through the Bible. And so the first step in anyone hearing God's voice is for you to sit down with the Bible, open it up, and begin to read and ask that God would speak to you. In week four, we continue to answer the question, how? How does God speak to us? By looking at some of the other ways that God commonly speaks to people. And we talked about things like hearing an audible voice, we talked about uh, experiencing an angelic encounter. We talked about other supernatural events or circumstances that happen in our lives that seem to say that God is speaking to us very clearly. And then more commonly through 
dreams or through visions that, or pictures that we have in our mind or through other people or most common through God's still small voice. And what we said, though, is it doesn't really matter how God speaks to you, but that he speaks to you and that we need to, when he does speak to us, we need to listen and obey what he says to us. That's the key. Then last Sunday, Pastor Kelly spoke about the importance of actively seeking and listening for God's guidance in our life. And the truth is, is that we all need guidance, don't we? We need guidance in the critical choices of life, like our workplace, or our money, or who our life partner is going to be, or just the day-to-day things we all face. And we need guidance to know and do the, God's will in terms of what relationships do we build, what people, people do we share the good news with, how do we come alongside people, and who should that be to show love and compassion and kindness. In fact, the ultimate end of hearing from God is to strengthen our relationship with Him and to direct us to walk in alignment with his ways and obedience with his will. Now, Pastor Kelly, last week, he gave us several ways that we can improve our ability to receive and obey what God has for us. The first thing he said, I just want to go over these quickly, is that he said before we even ask for guidance, we need to decide up front to submit to his will, whatever that might be. Because uh, God might not speak to someone who he knows has no intention on listening. So that's why we need to do that. Then second, when we ask God for guidance in our lives, we actually need to stop and to listen and to wait for him to respond to us. We need to wait to receive a word from him rather than just taking our prayer request to him and then just going on with our life. The third thing he said is that once we receive an answer, we need to confirm that what we heard is actually from God. And if you're here last week, he talked about the milk stool test, which is, you know, three legs. Does it align with Scripture? Does it reflect the tone and spirit of the Holy Spirit? Does it, uh, is it confirmed by other godly people? And then fourth, not only do we seek the what of what God is trying to say, we also need to ask God both the how and the when. And it's amazing to me how many times in Scripture God sent a personal word to someone and then follow it up with the instructions of how to accomplish that personal word or that what, and when to do that. You know, for example, God told Noah to build an ark, and then he gave him detailed instructions on how to do so. God told Moses to build a tabernacle, and then he gave him very detailed instructions, instructions on how that was to be built. God told Joshua to cross the Jordan into the promised land with the people of Israel. And he gave him very detailed instructions on how to fight that first battle. God called Gideon to deliver his people uh, against the massive Midianite army. And then he told him how to attack them and when. And God told his disciples that they would be his witnesses to the world. And then he told them they needed to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. So that's what Kelly talked about. And then he wrapped it up by saying, and the fifth thing was, when God speaks to you, we need to obey. So, for the past five sermons, uh, we've been trying to, to teach you, to convince you, to show you through scriptures that God not only still speaks to people today, but that you and I can hear his voice. That's biblical. But sometimes, in our longing to hear God's voice, we actually can ignore the other things the Bible says about our lives, and we can fall out of balance. 
Now, I've shared earlier uh, some of the negative experiences I've had with people who claim to hear God's voice, and maybe you have some of those too. Uh, I'll just reshare one of those things. I, I, uh, one time I had someone who, who burst into a hospital room that I was in praying for someone who was dying with stage 4 lung cancer. And they uh, declared to everyone in the room that God had given them a message the day before that this person was going to be healed. And then uh, three days later, that person died of, of lung cancer. And it was very confusing for the family. I actually like what, what a man named Gordon Smith writes in his book, The Voice of Jesus. Gordon used to be a professor at the Regents College, and now I think he's the, the president of, of um, the Alliance College in Calgary. But he wrote a book called The Voice of Jesus, and he said this, There are two questions that every Christian should be able to answer. The first question is, is what is Jesus saying at this point in your life? And the second question is, how do you know it's really Jesus? Now, I hope you realize that the, the Jesus actually expects or takes for granted that his followers, people like you and I, will hear his voice. You know, that's what he says in John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. But the challenge most of us face is captured by the second questions. How do we know it's really Jesus speaking to us? Now that, by the way, is actually the number one question people have consistently asked in our follow-up workshops that we've had on Tuesday nights. How do I know that God is speaking and, and not just my desires or another voice? Another way of, they've asked that is, is hearing God's voice purely subjective, like everyone just kind of hears what they want to hear. Or, you know, can we come together and have that confirmed by others? Another question I've often heard asked is, is what should I be going to God for in, in terms of asking for His guidance? You know, that's what Pastor Kelly talked about last week, but does that mean that I need to pray about uh, what, where I should park in the mall next time I go there? Or does that mean that, that I should be praying, you know, do I have leftover pizza for lunch today or should I have that chicken sandwich, right? Or when I go shopping, should I buy that, that you know, that light gray T-shirt or the darker gray T-shirt? You know, does that matter to God at all? And, and probably not. Right? But on the other hand, it is uh, probably a good idea for, for us to ask God you know, what his plans for our lives are. And maybe some of you we have never asked that. You have never really said, God, like, what do you want to accomplish through me? And as a church, it's probably a good idea for us to seek God's guidance and to ask him, like, what does he want us to do in this season for this generation? Where does he want to direct us in, in the, where we should go? How do we utilize our resources, both the financial and our physical resources here and our human resources and the spiritual gifts to bring glory to him and his kingdom? So this morning, as we conclude our series, I want to give you uh, four principles that are going to help keep you in balance as you seek to hear and discern God's voice in your life. Okay, so here's the first one. And it's one that you've actually heard us say uh, at various times and in various ways in the series, but, but it's worth mentioning again. And it's simply this. Hearing God is important, but listening for God's guidance must not replace reading, studying, and searching the Scriptures for ourselves. Joshua 1.8 says this. Do not let this, the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night 
so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, and then you will be prosperous and successful. A more New Testament way of saying that would be, and then you will be spiritually fruitful in your life. But here's the problem, is that, is that some people never read the Bible, right? And even what we know right now is that spiritual, uh, biblical liter illiteracy is at an all-time high, meaning even the people here this morning, many of you do not know your Bible because you don't read it. And so what we do instead is we try and justify a, a shortcut, and we, we listen to God in prayer for Him to speak to us and give us guidance. And, and for those of us that do that, it, when we try to hear His personal word from prayer, it might be quicker and easier than the discipline of actually studying the Bible. But it's also uh, very short-sighted, and it's dangerous, because... God has actually already spoken to us very clearly in His Word about things that are already His will and how we can bear spiritual fruit in our lives. And so maybe you know someone like that who tends to listen for God's, we call it personal word or rhema word, but is not actually engaged with God's holy word or His, his logos or written word. Or maybe that's even you. Another reason why people uh, don't read their Bible is because it's a great way for them to avoid hearing and knowing the clear commands that are found in God's Word. You know, there are many things that God lays out in His Word and directions for us that, are, that aren't gray. They're actually black and white. But uh, we don't want to read the Bible, so we don't have to be informed by that or responsible for that. And instead, we run the risk of being um, formed or conformed to the culture around us. Now, this is what it says in Psalm 119, verse 24. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. That's what we want to say. But let, let's be honest. There are, are many times that not knowing and pleading ignorance is very attractive, isn't it? You know, like when the police officer pulls you over for that traffic violation and you can honestly say with integrity, I'm sorry, officer, I didn't realize the speed limit changed in the school zones. When did that happen? Or, um, I didn't know you couldn't make a U-turn in the middle of the street. Or when you're filling your taxes, it's nice to be able to say, I had no idea that I was supposed to claim, claim my tips and my taxes. By the way, you're supposed to, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't want to know <laughs> because we don't want to obey. And we know that when God, we hear God speak, we become accountable for what He says to us. And so that's why we said that the first and primary way that we hear God's voice is through His Word. And that's why before we had the message on six supernatural ways that we hear from God, we, we talked about the first way, which is the primary way about hearing from God. You know, God has already spoken to us in the Bible concerning His general will and, and His moral will for us. And God's personal or rhema word must always be in balance with that logos or written word. You know, we don't have to seek God on guidance on matters that he's already spoken to us. You know, for example, uh, you don't have to ask God, you know, should I pay my taxes this year? <laughs> that, that's already clear to us. We just had an Alpha weekend last weekend, and one of the stories that was told there that someone wrote a letter to the CRA, and they said, to whom it may concern, I have just become a Christian, and I'm no longer able to sleep at night because I haven't paid my taxes. Here's $100. 
you know, P.S. If I still can't sleep, I'll send you the rest of the money, right? Like that's how we, how we kind of think. So you don't have to ask God if you should marry someone who's not a follower of Christ and has a different worldview or different values from you uh, because the Bible says we're not supposed to be unequally yoked. You don't need to ask God if it's okay for you to commit adultery because the Bible says we're supposed to honor the marriage bed and that we're supposed to be faithful within the marriages. In fact, um, if you feel led to do something the Bible declares is wrong, then clearly it's not the voice of God that you're listening to or hearing. You also don't need to ask God for guidance for things he's already told you to do. You don't need to ask God for guidance if you should forgive someone who's wronged you, no matter how serious that offense was, because God says we're supposed to forgive as he forgave us. You don't need to ask about whether or not you should be generous, because God says we're supposed to be generous. Now, you might want to say, God, who should I be generous towards? Who should I encourage today? That's, that's a personal word, but the concept of generosity, that's already found in the Bible. You don't need to ask if you should care for the poor or defend those who are facing injustices. That's, that's clear in Scripture. Now, here's the good news for us, okay? The more we read the Bible and the more we obey what it says, the more we become like Jesus. And that's what we want to be. But the opposite is also true. When we neglect to spend time, consistent time reading or meditating on God's Word, or we neglect to, to regularly come and hear God's Word being proclaimed and preached and taught, we actually put ourselves in a position of, of vulnerability where we might be open to deception. Because we don't actually know the boundaries that God has put in place or how he wants us to operate in life. And further, the less we know our Bible, the more at risk we are of, being mis of mishearing and misrepresenting the voice of God. So we need to lean in and we need to he hear the fullness of God, what God wants to say to us. And the first way we find that balance is by being a student of God's word. Okay, here's the second thing. Hearing God is important. But listening for God's guidance must not replace co the common sense that he's given us. So God has, has made us wonderfully complex. And he's given us this remarkable brain that can think and process and reason. And we need to use that brain to, to seek to hear the fullness of God's voice. In other words, um, as we discern God's voice in our life and his will for our lives, it's important that we don't just turn off our brains and ignore logic. So what is common sense? Well, common sense is an understanding of how life works. And it's often discovered through experience. Now, for example, if someone came up to me today with a nine-volt battery and said, here, Pastor Layden, lick this, I would smile and laugh at them and walk away. Now, why is that? It's not that it's going to hurt me or kill me, in case anyone younger wants to try that. <laughs> but, but I tried it once when I was younger, and I didn't enjoy the experience, right? I prefer the 220-volt jolt of trying to replace the light socket without uh, shutting off the breakery. That's much more uh, pleasing to me. Um, now, writers from the, from the past speak of God's natural and self-evident laws. They, they call this common because it's a truth that's been understood by most humans uh, through a long period of time by observing lots of people. Now, here's some examples of what I mean by common sense that you might have heard. Like, hard work will yield better results than laziness. That would be common sense. 
or treating others well will generally result in you being treated well as, as well. Or poor financial management often leads to poverty. Now there are many examples of common sense recorded in the Bible, especially in the books of Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, which are the King Solomon's observations of how life works. Proverbs 24 says this, I applied my heart to what I observed and learned, a lesson from which what I saw. Now this is what common sense is, it's learning through the observation of what is truth. However, there are times, in my experience, as people learn to hear and discern God's voice, that they also think they can abandon common sense and just act on like this super faith. And that's not true. Uh, Proverbs 3 says, My son, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck, and then you will go on your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. You see, God does not want us to suspend common sense. And actually, we're exhorted to learn as much about the practical ways this world was designed to work and to live in harmony with those ways. And truthfully, those of us who, who are followers of Jesus Christ, who know the truth, who have the Spirit of God inside of us, we should, be, we should actually be known as the most reasonable people around because of those things. Not, not the least reasonable people, as sometimes I think people are viewing some Christians today, where we chase after every, you know, every uh, you know, false truth or, or deceptive thinking. Now let me give you an example of an imbalance of common sense or a voice in a voice from God. My wife uh, recently listened to a podcast, and in that, in that podcast there was a tragic story told of a well-meaning group of believers who told a man dying of cancer that the reason that God was not healing him was because he did not have faith. And the reason, what they pointed to was that he had no faith because he had a life insurance policy on his life. And so uh, he uh, took their advice and he canceled their policy and he died a few days later. Okay, now is that, is that wisdom? Is, is that common sense? It's absolutely not. Now, of course, there are times where, where God chooses to suspend his natural ways in favor of non-natural ways. And when God does that, he calls it a miracle because it's not common. But the problem is sometimes we take something that was a miraculous event that happened to us one time by the act of grace of God, and then we build a whole theology below it to try to, to go back to that one thing where it was an uncommon thing. Or we try and demand or for, force God to act supernaturally in our lives. And this is actually what the devil did to Jesus. You remember in Matthew chapter 4, what did the devil say to Jesus when he was tempting him? He said, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels, meaning God, over you, and they will lift you up in his hands so that not, you, you will not strike your foot against the throne against the stone. Now, Jesus did not actually call that uh, an act of faith. He called it an act of testing God. And what he said is that when you put God to the test, you actually are in a sinful position. In the same way, uh, if we try to manipulate God to do our own will, that's not faith, that's putting God to the test. And that is sin. 
because God is not our servant to do our bidding. We are his servants to do his bidding. Now, don't mishear me. I'm, I'm not saying we shouldn't ask God for miracles because we should. In fact, the book of James reminds us that we don't have because we don't ask. And even this morning between the services, we got together and we anointed someone with oil and we prayed for a miracle in his life because we believe in that. But asking and demanding are two different things. So we need to lean in and to hear the fullness of God, what God wants to say to us. And we do that by being a good steward of God's word and then second, by using common sense that God has given us. Third thing, hearing God... Um, is important, but listening for God's guidance must not replace good, godly counsel. Now, Pastor Kelly touched on this last week, so I won't take too long on this, but, but just know, just know this, that, that God has designed this world, and especially the church, the family of God, in such a way that we have to receive some of His guidance through other people. And the reason I say that is because the Bible tells us that, that in 1 Corinthians 12 that, that God's children have different gifts and we have different strengths and we have different experiences. And, and everyone is needed inside the body or inside the family. And we contribute what we have for, to other people for the sake of the common good. I like how one author described it. He said, um, we don't have time to make all the mistakes and figure everything out on our own. We need to learn from the mistakes of others. And that's a good thing. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, people fall. But in, the, in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. In the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 14 says, two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh in carefully what is said. In other words, God, hearing God's voice does not mean that we close our mind to the counsel of others. It doesn't mean that we blindly obey something that we think we've heard or someone else claims that they've heard from God. We need to confirm God's voice. Proverbs 12, the way of a fool seems right, but a wise man listens to counsel. And I, I have lots of examples, and probably you do too, of going to the counsel of others and getting wise counsel. I remember uh, when, I, when I first started at Ebenezer Baptist, and if you don't know me very well, I've, I've been on staff for, I think, 30, like 33 years or something like that. And I first started as, as the, the hip, believe it or not, good-looking, single college and career pastor. And uh, I, I remember, I remember the, the, the day that I met my now wife, Brenda. She walked into a college and career event that we had in the old church basement. And uh, I was longing to find a life partner, but I was not in a rush. But, but when she came in, there, there was literally something in my mind, and I never articulated this God's voice back then, but I remember thinking, I think this is going to be your wife. Now, common sense told me not to share that with her that first night. <laughs> <laughs> because that would have been crazy. Um, <laughs> besides, I, I needed to make sure, right? This is a big decision. And so in the weeks and months ahead, I, I got to know her, and I saw godly counsel who saw us together. I, I reached out to my most trusted friends and people that knew me best, including my parents, and I asked them, like, like is this a good match? Because I wanted to make sure I wasn't making a poor chase, choice or acting on, on impulse. And, you know, 32 years later, it was a very, very good choice. Now, that's not to say that common counsel is, or the majority is always right, because that's not always the case. 
Sometimes God calls us to go against the flow, but when that happens, we need to be very clear that God's actually calling us. And let me give you another illustration of this. So um, my last sabbatical, which was about seven years ago, I, I came back and we were going to do our first Hot Topic series. And the topic I was going to speak on was called Shifting Sexuality. And I was going to address some of a biblical view of relationships and address some of the current and growing trends in our culture that were, were hot topics then. And several people came up to me, including staff members, good friends, missionaries, and my wife, and they said, do not talk about this. You are not going to win. It's not going to go well for you. And I listened to them, but inside my spirit, I just felt like God had put this on my heart, and, and to not obey would have been wrong. And I remember very clearly when I got up that Sunday morning, and this is how I opened my, my sermon. I said, I realized that as soon as I open my mouth today, I've already lost. Because for some of you, whatever I'm going to say is going to go too far, and for some of you, it's not going to go far enough. But what I do know is if pastors like me or the church stay silent, that you and our children are going to be informed by the culture. And I'm not prepared to let that happen. And in both services, spontaneous applause, applause broke out. Now, if you're new to us, that's a miracle, <laughs> you know, like, like for that to happen. You, you see, like we, we, need to, we need to lean in and hear God's voice and have a balance in that. And we have a balance when we seek God's word, when we use our common sense, and when we seek out godly counsel. Fourth, hearing God is important because listening for God's guidance must not replace human authority. In other words, hearing from God does not mean that we have the right to ignore or reject or forget about the governing authorities over us or the spiritual authorities that are placed over us in the church or if you're at home or a child, the authority of your parents. And some people get themselves and others in trouble because they believe that they've heard a word from God and therefore they are no longer required to submit to governing authorities. Now, I did a whole series on this this spring, when we went through First Peter, uh, May 2nd to be exact, if you want to know what I think about this, and I call this sermon, The World is Watching. Um, I recommend you go back and listen to that. But here's, here's the verse I want to use today. It's, it's Romans 13, 1 and 2. And again, this is God's Logos word to us. And, it's, and it's, he doesn't leave a lot of room for air here, so just listen to what he says. Everyone must submit himself to governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. And then he repeats himself. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do this will bring judgment on themselves. Now, there's not a lot of wiggle room in that verse, in my view. No amount of listening to guidance can overturn such a direct command from Scripture. And I, I don't want to, you know, to open up something that might be hurtful or cause dissension, but let me just say that that's one of the reasons why we have chosen to comply to government regulations during this pandemic. It's not about agreeing or disagreeing. It's, it's not about understanding or not understanding or fully understanding. It's about us submitting 
to the authorities that God has placed over us. Now let me give you another example that, that maybe is a little bit less hot that you can relate to. Um, let me say, let's say that you're sensing that God wants you to start um, ministry at your workplace, or if you're a university student or, or high school student at university or at high school. And you go to your administration or to your boss, and they say, absolutely not. Now, what do you do? Well, you graciously submit to that. And the reason I say that is because if God truly put that on your heart, and it is from Him, He will find a way to bring it about. We don't need to force things. Even in a church like ours, you know, what happens if you feel that God wants to begin a new ministry or shift the focus and leadership does not see the same, things the same way you do. Do you leave the church? Do you voice your complaint to whoever listens? Do you rally your supporters in the parking lot and form a coup against me and the rest of the leadership? You know, well, that, that could be one way. Or we can fall on our knees and pray and ask God to act. One wise saint said this, if you're frustrated about something not happening, God has given you a prayer agenda. Let me just say that again. If you're frustrated about something that's not happening, God has given you a prayer agenda. At staff meeting, when we discuss this chapter, because we're going through this as a staff team too, in a little bit more detail, the comment was made, um, if we prayed for Prime Minister Trudeau as much as we complained for him, maybe God would do his good work in him and through him. I found that convicting. Now, that's not to say we don't challenge government policies or stand up against injustice or issues that conflict against clear spiritual guidelines, but we need to be wise about submitting to authorities and, and blindly following others is, is never wise. Okay, God wants to speak to us today. And, and through this series, I hope that you have heard loud and clear that it's important that we seek to hear His voice and, and do so in a balanced way by seeking the scripture, by using common sense, by listening to godly counsel, and to submitting those in authority over us. Okay, so that is a wrap of this series. Kind of. Because although the sermon series is ending today, I, along with the rest of the staff, do not view this as the end of a series, but the beginning of a new posture both personally and corporately, where we become more attentive to God's voice in our lives and we become eager to obey what he calls us to do and to listen. You see, for me, this series is a launching point for us of a new way of approaching God together. And so may we hear and recognize and know Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you and thanks for listening.